host of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show. Where dad is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. This is the Ramsey Show. We help people build wealth, do work that they love and has meaning. We help them to create and have actual, real relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality and host of the Better or the Fine Print Podcast and the Entree Leadership Podcast is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. It's a free call at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Shannon starts off this hour in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Hi, Shannon. How are you? Good. How are you, Dave? Better than I deserve. What's up? Good. So I'm calling because I have a 2019 Suburban that literally broke down on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere about two months ago. Um, I finally found out that it needs a new engine. It's under warranty. And basically, we are getting nowhere with GM and finding out an answer on when we will get a new engine. Um, I have a friend that owns a body shop where we live, and I kind of said, hey, can you give us some advice? When do you think we would possibly get a new engine? Because we're getting nowhere with GM. He said, let me make a few phone calls and get back to you, and basically said, I would start shopping for new vehicles. So here we are, unplanned trying to figure out should we wait you know possibly the three four however many months to get my vehicle back since it is under warranty it's completely paid for um you know we have the cash to pay for the difference for a new vehicle but it's just not the ideal time we weren't planning on getting a new vehicle at all now a crummy time to buy a car right now it's terrible i'm sorry what a mess So when you talk to the uh, General Motors folks, what are they telling you? So it's basically a back and forth of, you know, my husband's at this point trying to see where we are in line. You know, we could be 30 in line. We could be 900 in line. And so they told us last week, you know, we'll get back to you. We still haven't heard back. Um, It's basically going nowhere. Well, it's going somewhere based on the size of the foot you put on their well, butt. True. That's true. They said they would try to escalate it, but that, who knows if they actually will. Yeah, I might actually it. escalate for them. <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know, I, I call the general manager of the dealership and explain to him you're getting ready to hire an attorney. Okay. Because they're, okay. not, they're not honoring their warranty, and you being without a car is not okay. And, you know, let's jack them yeah, up. This, I, yeah, I'm guessing this is a supply chain COVID. problem because it's not General Motors DNA to be this uh, uncooperative. Usually they're very good about stuff. Yes, and they basically are blaming everything on COVID. And like yeah, said, supply, yeah chain. supply chain. They can't get an engine out of the dadgum factory. Well, I'm going to be uh-huh. calling them every day for updates. To, you're the squeaky wheel who gets the grease. And mm-hmm. on top of that, I'm going to go to the dealership and say, you're going to let me use a car until this is fixed, and you're going to do it for free. Ooh, there's a good idea. Yeah, we've tried to, We've tried doing We've tried getting a loan. They don't have any cars. Again, yeah, they said they don't have any loaners because of COVID. And the, the hard part about it is, too, is so we live in the middle of nowhere, and our car is in El Paso, Texas, two hours away. So it's not a thing, you know, where we can go in there yeah. every day. We have been on the phone with, um, you know, the person in the uh, shop every day. But basically, that's where they 
escalated it to GM mm-hmm. corporate, and mm-hmm. my husband's been in communication with them. Yeah, I think I'm going to be in touch with the regional corporate guy and say, you guys need to get me a loaner. I'm with George on that. That's a brilliant idea. Uh, and, guys, we understand that you got supply chain problems, but you need to understand I also don't have a car. Yes. And so uh-huh. that's a bigger deal for me than your supply chain problems. So get me a car. Exactly. And so get me a car. Yeah. You know, I, I'll be real understanding if you get me a car. Bring me a car. Okay. So now. You don't think just, like, bring me a car now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, that's that's what we've been trying to do. And then, you yeah, know, I know, but like, I, I think you're being, what we're saying is we think you're being too nice. Yeah. <laughs> I Channel your inner Dave Ramsey when you show up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, and that's why we're going back and forth. And, you know, we've been said, yeah. saying, you know, should we just go get a different car? Because this is the second major issue that we've had with this car. Well, if you want to sell it, that's it fine. Sell it after it's fixed. But in the meantime, they should provide you a car. If you, if, you, if you jack everybody up, you still don't get a car and you still don't get an engine and you've got the money, I guess you're going to have to go buy a car, aren't you? I know. And, and then sell that one when it gets really fixed, right? Yes. And that's what I, that's another thing. Cause they're lowballing us. Cause we've tried to say, Hey, what would you give us for this? And they're lowballing us. And we do have the, the money to go. We are in a very blessed situation yeah, where just, just go buy you know, a car and then get that car fixed and get it sold. If you can't get okay. a loaner. And I really am going to okay. be talking to the regional guys. I've actually had two people work for me over the years that used to be general motors, regional customer uh service reps and so they had regional Uh guys and i don't know if they still do or not but that was because a few years back but uh and honestly they are trained like no other to to, to make customers happy now i understand Mm -hmm. they can't make cars or engines appear out of thin air but uh but they can uh if you make it a big enough deal and go listen i really don't want to go legal on you guys but i'm getting ready to hire an attorney and we're gonna make you guys wish you would loan me a car yeah, I agree because I'm at the point where I'm, I'm almost don't even want to buy another GM vehicle ever. Yeah, well, I mean, so. you can tell them that too. I mean, that, that that's understandable. And and the sad thing is, they make great cars. I've owned them all my life. But um, yeah, uh, you know, it, it 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 is what it is. But here's the thing: companies out there listening, you have legitimate supply chain issues but your customer has legitimate problems and your job as the company solve the customer problem, they don't really care about your problem. They don't really care. Yeah, and a big part of this is to realize you have options. It's when you realize, well, we we got to go get a new car. because I'm going to be beating down their door until we have a solution here. And the worst, worst case is we get a temporary car, we resell it, and hopefully we don't lose any money. Or drive on the, the car that, or buy the car you want to replace it with and, dry, and then sell the uh, suburban when you get it fixed that's yeah. fine that's a fine answer too you got the money to do that it's just inconvenient and you shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to they should they should take care of you so and i got a feeling if you lean in hard enough and often enough that probably you're going to get that result that was a good fix george that's a good Thank fix you. for the problem i always start with kindness and then i get a little more firm when things aren't going the way they should and uh, it's a hard thing to do with customer service a lot of people have a hard time mm-hmm. you know being the being bad cop yeah well, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to just start in chewing somebody out. But, yeah. But we do need to, you know, click up, click up, click up the heat as we go along. And um, I mean, uh, you know, if the food's not coming from the kitchen, it's like, hello, been an hour. We need some food, you know. And we've talked about this a couple times. Now, do I need to talk to a manager? How can I help you? Yeah. 
You need me to go back there and help you cook? I mean, what's the deal? I, I would love food. to see you back here in the kitchen. Food day. needs to come out of the kitchen, baby. I mean, you can grill. I've this, seen this, you grill. Ha- this happened the other day, I'm just saying. This is the Ramsey Chef. George Camel here, and I'm so excited to tell you about the newest product from Ramsey. It's called Gazelle, and it's a digital banking experience that will help you spend and save the Ramsey way with banking services provided by Pathword NA. You'll get a single spending account with no monthly fees, and it's FDIC insured through Pathword NA. We're offering early access to our beta customers so you can help us make it the best experience it can be. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash Gazelle to sign up for the waitlist today. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Michael is in Daytona Beach. Hey, Michael, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Better than I deserve. How can we help? Uh, yeah. So um, I had uh, gotten a car accident about two years ago, and just now I'm finally receiving the settlement. And instead of blowing it, I want to try to invest in it, invest with it, should I say, um, after paying some debt off with it. Um, I'll probably have like $20,000. Um, but my big question is, so I also owe on my car and uh, it's about $500 a month. I owe about $10,000. Um, so I'm wondering if I should take that $10,000 and invest it and make money off of that. Or should I just pay my car off, um, and get rid of debt in general and then, but the problem is, it's hard for me to save money in general. So. Do you do you have any uh, permanent damage from the accident? Uh, yes, I do. I have a back. I have a lower back injury, so I'm kind of limited to to work sometimes. Do you need some of the money to continue medical? Yeah, so I'm thinking that um, I'm going to keep about half of it. Uh, keep it in the account just for, you know, days that I can't work, um, days, uh, you know, I'm having to pay for some type of medical, uh, but, uh, and I'm thinking about 10, uh, keeping about 10 of it for either paying the car off or using, uh, to invest. And I was thinking about doing some investment in like vending machines, but, you know, doing it like new, I mean, I'm only going to get about one vending machine and, you know, if I'm lucky, making $600 a month off of that, you know? How old are you, Michael? I am 35. Okay. And what's the settlement amount? Uh, so I received about 33, uh, but I have to pay off some family debt uh, when I got my house. Um, and there's, you know, some things that I need to work on my house, uh, some investment, you know, fixing up my house, uh, doing some gutter work and stuff like that. How much debt do you have total? Just consumer debt, non-mortgage? Uh, non-mortgage. Uh, so I owe about $10,000 for the car. 
Um, I do have another personal loan that I owe a few thousand dollars on. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, that just comes out of my bank account like monthly. So I haven't really looked at it. It's probably maybe three or 4,000 if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And how much is the family loan? I'm sorry. How much is the family loan? Uh, what do you mean by family? You said loan? you owed family some money. Oh, okay. That's about thirty four hundred dollars. Okay, so I'm at sixteen four plus the gutters are going to be how much? It's about uh, fifteen hundred dollars. Okay, so I'm gonna call it twenty thousand. It's gonna leave you thirteen thousand after you pay off everything. Is that all the money you have to your name at that point? Uh, yes. Yeah, right now, I've got about. Um, I haven't quite got up to what I'm uh, paid off yet, but I've got about twenty seven in the bank still. Um, so, like I said, about seven of that's going to go towards the gutters and twenty-seven, twenty-seven thousand, or twenty-seven hundred thousand. You said seven towards the gutters, but you just told us it's going to cost fifteen hundred. No, fifteen hundred for the gutters, mm-hmm. and then um, about I think I said it was uh, either thirty. It's either I think it's thirty-four. So you know, plus. I was just kind of like giving a rough estimate. Okay, so, so here, here's what I would do. I would be debt-free. I would set aside an emergency fund, and no, I would not buy vending machines. I would okay. think about what your new career is going to be that doesn't strain your back, and if you need to take some classes, I'd spend some money on that to work your new career that doesn't strain your back. You have an income problem going forward, and you're going to have to get some discipline because you're going to burn through the rest of this money like nothing in two years, and you're going to end up with nothing yeah. out of this. Well, I do work, but uh, not just enough. Not like uh, full. I mean, I, I work probably close to forty hours a week. Yeah, um, but you were setting money aside for when you can't work, which means you're in the wrong job. You told okay. me you wanted to set money aside for when you can't work. That doesn't have a good plan over a thirty-year period of time. You're not going to have this money for thirty years of doing that. So you need to create enough of an income to live on and have enough disciplined process in your budget where you don't overspend what you have coming in so you don't need any money except for maybe a future surgery because you have enough income coming in and enough discipline on that income to control it with a budget and and living you know straight up on that hold on we're going to send you a copy of the book total money makeover which has helped 10 million people do what you're trying to do and if you'll read it and do it it'll work i promise you and restocking a vending machine sounds like it would hurt my back exactly it does hurt your back have you ever listed lifted cases of cokes and water Mm. no it does hurt your back it's not and besides that that means he's been on get rich quick scam tiktok crap that's exactly where you get that, because nobody else is teaching you to buy vending machines as an investment except idiots on TikTok. It's coming back around, <clears throat> all the old trends. Well, all the old trends in a new way. I mean, we, we just found out a high-tech way to do stupid now. That's all it is. All right, Jancy is with us. Jancy's in Orlando. Hi, Jancy. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, how are you doing this afternoon? Better than we deserve. Okay. What's up? Great, great. Okay, I have a question. I just did the uh, five-minute coverage checkup for the confidence in your coverage, and you have a question there that says, do you have life insurance? Yes, I have life insurance, but when you ask cash value or term, mine is I have a level term life policy. You have the right kind. Do I keep that? Yes. Level term because it does have a cash value. It's not level term if it has a cash value. Term insurance does not have a cash value. 
that's what they're calling it, level term life insurance. Um, and it has and, a cash value? cash value? It sounds like you have cash value. Who, who is the company? Uh, Horace Mann. Okay, no, you don't keep it. It's crap. Don't keep it. Okay, no. so at 20 years, I can turn around and give them the cash value back. No, 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 no. This is horrible. It's horrible. Horrible. Okay. Horrible investment. Get rid no, of it's it. It's too expensive. Way too expensive. How much coverage have you got? It's 100000 and I pay 84 a month. I bet you do. How old are you? 51. Okay. Uh, jump on xanderinsurance.com and get a quote on okay. real 20-year level term insurance. It has no cash value buildup. The only way it pays is if you die, and you're going to find it to be less than half of what you're paying now. And if you'll take the money that okay. you save and invest it, you'll have a lot more than old Horace will give you later. <laughs> okay, that's what I wanted to know. Okay. So um, thank you for All taking right. that checkup. That's cool. I'm glad it Very activated cool. you. It's that's helpful. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that is, it is good. It's interesting. But I've been wondering about this policy for a while, what your thoughts would be on it. Yeah, they're so, an old, yeah. old, and, old antique uh, whole life company. Right. And at the end of the 20 years, the the uh, payout drops. Yeah, your grandpa probably and bought I that. Put all the money. You know, that's an old com- yeah. That's an old school backwoods. Oh, nasty stuff. Nasty Sounds like stuff. she got it was marketed to her as level term, but it really was just whole life. Well, right, they just lied on the cover of it or something. I don't know because it's not term. Term insurance is for a term and has no cash value buildup. That is the actual definition. So even if you name it a duck, it's still not a duck. It's still a hog. So confusing. Horace the hog. Yeah. But there you go. So it's been around for a long time. Um, The idea with cash value is that you have the cash value while you're alive. Isn't that great? But you don't get both. So you don't get the face of the policy and the cash value. Right. So it's a terrible deal. So when you die after you paid extra to build up the savings, they pay only the face amount and they don't pay the cash value. They keep the money. You paid extra to build up a savings account that when you die, they keep it's a really horrible. If that was part whole of the sales life, pitch, no one would buy it. Whole life cash value insurance is the payday lender of the middle class. It's mm. a complete screw job. It's nasty, bad, horrible product. So if you've got it, <clears throat> get term life in place and then cancel the whole right. life policy. Never cancel a policy till you have the new one in place, Chancy. Don't cancel it until you get the new one in place. But get get on the phone, get on the line with Xander, and they'll get you a quick term policy, and you're going to be blown away at how much you've been overpaying. This is the Ramsey Show. about your life and your money. Bradford and Emmy are with us. They are in Salt Lake City, and it says on my screen, you guys are debt-free. Congratulations. Thank you. Way to go. How much debt have you paid off? $252,000. Wow. How long yeah, did we're th- super excited. How long did this take? It took us about four years. And your range of income during that time? 
Um, well, when we first started, it was about 90000 and then till now is about 150 Cool. What do y'all do for a living? So I am a hairstylist, so I'm, I work in a salon. Mm-hmm. And I am a funeral director. Cool. All right. And what kind of, uh, what kind of debt was this? It was our house. Oh. All right. Yeah. How We're old super- are you guys? Well, um, I'm 32. And I'm 34. Man, wow. I'm talking to weird people. I know wow. we are weird people to our friends. That I is love true. It. <laughs> you are weird people. I love it. What's this house worth? I think it's about seven fifty now. Whoa! <laughs> ding ding! I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, you guys! Hey. All right, how much have you got in your uh, retirements investing? Um, we're probably around two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand as well. So that like makes you baby steps millionaires. Uh, yeah, almost. We're trying. <laughs> well, I mean, seven fifty and two fifty is a million where I come from. <laughs> okay, so I think you look at you, and you're what you said. You're thirty two. Yeah, and thirty five. Thirty two yep. and thirty five. My goodness gracious. Okay, so tell us the story. What happened uh, four years ago at twenty eight and thirty one that made you guys decide, hey, we're paying off the house. Well, I think it's safe to say that I'm a Dave Ramsey super fan. <laughs> and so since uh, since the beginning, we've always worked your baby steps. About four years ago, we found this house and, and bought it using your principles to make sure that we had as much down as we could. How much did you put down? It out. Sorry, say that again? How much did you put down? We put about $100,000 down. At 24, 28 years old. 20, 28 and 31 years old. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes, sir. Man, that's impressive. Like I said, super fan, He's for sure. He's a super fan. This is like the best day of his life calling today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a bad day for George and me. We yeah. can just tell you. We like people like you guys. This you guys awesome. are incredible. <laughs> well, thank you. So it's you guys, been... you, you pre-decided that you were going to pay this house off really fast. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just worked that. extra and threw everything we could at it. Wow. George, is this your cousin? It must be. And they sound a lot like me. These are the kind of friends I need. Yeah, George, yeah, yeah, George is 32. George is 32. He just paid off his day. house, and he's a millionaire. So, you know, this there we go. how it goes. So yeah, what inspired we... you guys? I mean, obviously you've been a Ramsey fan for a while, but what made you go, hey, what if we had a paid-for house in our early 30s? What would that be like? Well, we're really interested in traveling, and the funnest thing we've ever done with our money has been able to give it and share it with others and we just want to be able to do more of that. Wow. So you use that as your fuel in this journey of, man, we want to give more. We want to have more amazing experiences. And to do that, maybe not having a mortgage payment would help. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So how long ago did you start doing our, our stuff, Bradford? Um, I would say about 10 years ago. I uh, listened to you on our local radio. I bought the book. I bought the um, financial peace packet that had the book, the workbook and all that and I'd listen to you as much as I could and worked it out and kept Emmy on board, and we just kept rocking and rolling. So did you guys have debt previous to the mortgage that you paid off, or did you just kind of stay debt-free? We We just kind of stayed debt-free. We did have debts before, like we had some car payments, and that's probably pretty much it. And then we just paid those off. But yeah, we've pretty much lived, we've tried to live debt-free. Since you've been married. Yeah, well... We've been married for 10 years, and uh, when we very first got married is when we jumped on board, and we started our marriage off by selling Emmy's really nice car, and <laughs> we never looked back since then. Wow. But this now, is what it looks like. Now Emmy's a 32-year-old millionaire, so it worked out good. 
It worked out pretty good. Now yeah. I can drive anything you want. And drive whatever I want. So right. <laughs> Drive like no one else. Later, you can drive like no one else. I'm so proud right. of you guys. You're amazing. Very you well so done. Much. Yeah, we're excited. Okay, you've been working this really for 10 years, the last four years paying off the house, been living smart, wisely. Have you had a life while you were doing all this, or did you just live in a cave and collect lint and triple coupons? <laughs> right. We actually did have a life. We decided, because I'm the spender in the family, and so I told him, like, we can't live like with doing nothing. Agreed. And so I just, so we decided to do at least one vacation each year. Good. Um, and so that was something that we got to look forward to mm-hmm. and, you know, plan towards. But so, yeah, that was kind of our motivation to keep us, have something to do fun, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, yeah. we're looking at the YouTube pictures. They're flashing on the monitor. It looks like you got three babies during that 10 years. Yeah, we do have three babies. That's awesome. Our greatest accomplishment. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, the greatest accomplishment will be when they have babies. Those are called That's grandbabies. Mm. Those are the best <laughs> yeah. things on the planet. Okay. <laughs> true. Right. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> well done, you guys. I'm so proud of you. It's amazing. Thank you. What do you tell Thank people? You, David. What do you tell it's people? It's been an that- honor to, to talk to you and work your plan and actually get a visit with you. It's a pretty cool accomplishment. Well, we're, we're proud of you. What do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? Just stay the course. Uh, of course, everyone says to do a budget, and that definitely helps. And, and just keep with it. Keep motivated. Listen to the show or do whatever it is that motivates you and, and stick with it. It seems like a huge mountain to climb, but you take it step by step. You follow the baby steps, and before you know it, you're on top going, look at what we can do now. Mm. Yeah. Unstoppable. Hmm. That's just absolutely incredible, you guys. Very well done. Well, we've got a copy of uh, Baby Steps Millionaires for you. That is the uh, next chapter in your story for sure. Also a copy of Total Money Makeover for you to give away. I'm sure you've uh, told a few people about this during this decade-long journey, but I'm uh, thank right. you for that. We appreciate you spreading the word for us, letting other people know this can be done. You're proof positive. You're a wonderful case study of what it looks like if you start this stuff, and particularly if you start it early. Yeah, and and it's so, a 10-year yeah. journey, and yeah. they're, now they're millionaires, just who, like that. Who was your biggest cheerleaders, guys? I would definitely say each other. We yeah. we kept each other accountable. We had some good friends, and we had some friends that told us we couldn't do it, and I think that was a great motivator as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to have friends like the second bunch. The ones yeah, that don't did. know what they're talking about. Yeah, I like it. Those they're, are good ones. They're so dumb, they don't know. <laughs> the haters are like free gasoline in the tank. It is. <laughs> That's great. So it's kind of nice to be able to like, yeah. Say thank you. We can. And these days, free gas is a big deal. That's amazing. So. <laughs> hey, for real. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well done, well done, well done. Bradford and Emmy from Salt Lake City, Utah. $252,000 paid off. That's their house and everything. They did that in four years at 32 and 35. They have a $750,000 paid for home, $250,000 already in their retirement plans, making them early, young, baby step millionaires. I'm so proud of you guys. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. We're debt-free. Man, oh man, oh man. If we could just multiply people like Bradford and Emmy across the nation, we could, uh, I don't know, make the government irrelevant. Yeah, we really could. Here, here, here's what's interesting. Okay, Americans last year spent $70 billion 
on Christmas decorations. Now, I'm not against Christmas decorations, and I'm not against Christmas. Papa Dave be lacking some Christmas lights, all right? But here's the thing. If you had a whole community full of Bradford and Emmys, they could put up Christmas lights, and just a handful of them come together and build a hospital. Another handful of them come together and feed every hungry child in the city. Mm. And another handful of them come together, and there'd be nobody in foster care that needed a forever home because they pay all the adoption expenses. It wouldn't take but about a 6 or an 8% shift in giving to completely clean up a whole lot of the social ills that we have in America. Yeah. We the people, taking care of we the people, when they act like those two. Mm. Be impressive. That's a vision right there. This is The Ramsey Show. George Campbell Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Matt is in Minneapolis. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Sure. What's up? Well, my wife and I finished Baby Step 2 last June, um, and we are we uh, currently... Uh, had sold our house now this past November. Uh, my wife had a calling and uh, works at our church. And through that, uh, we just decided the best plan for our budget was to uh, sell our house. We're currently renting, looking for a little bit of a downsize. Uh, we did uh, have a net gain of 190000 off of the sale of our house. And my wife and I also have uh, some traditional 401ks from uh, previous jobs that we had in the amount of just under 200000 Mm-hmm. wondering if it makes sense to take some of that uh, profit that we have from the sale of our house and uh, roll those into a Roth. No, not until you get a house purchased and have it paid for. Okay. okay. Because what okay. you're doing That's is creating okay. a tax bill that you're paying with money that you would use to put a larger down payment on the house and thereby getting you out of debt mm-hmm. faster on the house. And so the net result after you purchased the house would be as if you borrowed on your home to pay the taxes from doing the rollover. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to create more debt on the house if you use some of this money for taxes, right? Yep. Yeah, so yeah, that no. makes sense. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I do want people to roll to uh, I or to Roths as um, as you get into baby step seven and can find extra cash to do it. So I've converted everything into Roth years ago. Um, and sure. and paid those taxes, and I convert the even the match. Uh, any of you that get a match, it's not allowed. If you have a Roth 401k like we do, uh, I do a Roth 401k for myself at my company. Uh, the match by law cannot be in Roth, and so it's traditional. But once a year, I go ahead and roll it uh, at the end of the year, all of the match over into the Roth portion and pay the taxes on it. 
I create a tax bill to keep moving it that way. But I've got the extra cash after being 100% debt-free in baby step seven, which is where I'd want you to do this. Yeah, so this 190000 would then become, sounds like your down payment on your next house. I yes. put as much down as possible to yes. get it paid off as early as possible. Yes. And then continue to invest 15% of your income aside from that into retirement. Yeah, and then get the house paid off. And once it's paid off, then we'll do this. It's a wise decision, just wrong timing. Yeah, very, very good. And it's a good question. Yeah. I like the question. Donna's in Hartford, Connecticut. Hey, Donna, what's up? Hey, Dave. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. So my question is really uh, surrounding whether or not to look into long-term care insurance. How I'm old are you? My husband's 57. Oh, okay. Um, basically, our health care coverage when we retire at 65 or 67 will be great. Mm-hmm. It's uh, government-sponsored after Medicare. Mm-hmm. And our income not including investments, at 65 or 67 going forward is going to be about 100 a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how much will you have in your nest egg? Pardon? How much will you have in your nest egg? Um, currently in investments, we have a million. Mm-hmm. By then, I would say a million and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, okay. and then, like I said, our income, not including that, will be about 100, which yeah. was kind of our goal to be at at that time. Yeah. Well, the statistical so, evidence is, is that the the less than one half of one percent people use long-term care insurance for nursing home or in-home care prior to age 60 and you're approaching 60 uh and so do you want to insure against nursing home stay the average stay is 2.3 years uh the average cost right now is about ninety thousand a year so it's about a two hundred fifty thousand dollar exposure on average um and you know can you insure through that for a while yeah, I probably would in your case. Because, okay, I, I mean, if you use 300000 out of a million, that's a pretty good chunk. Now, if you get to $2 million and you say, all right, I'm going to take a $300,000 risk out of my $2 million. So your husband goes into a nursing home, stays there three years. You pay, take 300000 out of your $3 million, um, pay his care. He dies. You're left with two point seven. You self-insured through the nursing home at that point. You see what I'm doing? Right, right. But I don't really want to do that with just a million. Yeah, I think we'll have a million and a half. Yeah, but sure, still, I mean, do you want to be, if you want to, if you're okay with a million two on average, Yeah. it might be longer, it might be less, but 75% of the ladies outlive their husbands. True. And so. And I don't even know how much it costs. I've heard it's ridiculous and they cancel on you. Uh, the the uh, long term care insurance, yeah, yeah, they don't. No, I don't. I've never. I mean, there's a few of them are have bad. Some of the companies were weak and they collapsed. But uh, I think that most of that's behind us. Don't buy any cash value insurance versions of it. But uh, you can shop it. We've. I mean, we recommend long term care insurance. Okay. Uh, and so, and I probably would look at it in your case until you get up above a couple million dollars and then drop it. Right. So you might keep it like three or four years or something and then drop it. Uh, and self-insure after that point. But just check long-term care, ELP, endorsed local provider at RamseySolutions.com. You'll find the people we recommend. They're a broker. They'll shop among different companies, explain it to you, help you get the right coverage. Don't need to buy it until you're 60, but you're coming up on it pretty quick here. So you can start learning about it, shopping it, being ready. Get ready to budget for it. Yeah, yeah, and it's doable. I mean, you got the money either way. You're not. It's not going to take you out. The ones that concern me the most out there, George, are the ones that have $300,000. 
got no money Pop, in retirement. Papa goes in the nursing home, scrambles that nest egg. You have scrambled eggs, right? I mean, you got nothing left. Crack and scramble the nest egg. And that 300 is wiped out. And you're broke. And he dies. Mm-hmm. And she's left broke. And the nursing Sad. home, you know, the nursing home, his care used up what they had. And so in a situation like that, it's just absolutely vital that you get long-term care insurance. But uh, but I'm 61. I don't have it. But I've got... You're self-insured. I, I'm self-insured. You're okay to foot the bill. I think we can handle it. I think we can handle it. So, um, And Sharon will outlive you, you're thinking. I think that's pretty well assured. Okay. Cause, She's um, in great health. Yeah. Well, I'm, on top I, of everything. I, she, I mean, we, all of our estate plan is predicated on me predeceasing her, so I'm kind of sleeping with one eye open. I think she has a plan. I'm kind of worried about Those it. Those must but. be fun family meetings. <laughs> the Dave's Gonna Die meeting. <laughs> Matt's in Rochester, New York. Hey, Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Great, man. What's up? So I'm 23 years old, and I've been investing in both a 403B and then my Roth IRA. And since listening to you guys, I've been learning about the rollover Roth IRAs, and I was just wondering if that's a route I should do while I'm when I'm this young. Um, so it's kind of a question about that. A rollover Roth? There's no such thing unless you're rolling an old IRA into a Roth. So you can only roll a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA? Correct. Or you could roll one Roth into another Roth. I mean, you can move the money around, but there's not a ro- there's no such my, thing. Can you roll what? Can I roll my 403B into a Roth IRA? Yes. So uh, would you recommend doing that? Since no, I'm because it's going to cre- create taxes. Okay. I mean, if you so if you move ten thousand dollars over there, you're creating a three thousand dollar tax bill. Would that save me in more taxes come long term? Since in the Roth, it could grow tax free and come out tax free. Yes, which is why we recommend a Roth instead of traditional. But you paying taxes while you've got probably some other goals. I'm guessing you're going to pay off some debt, have an emergency fund in place, pay off your house. You need to do those things first, right, George? Yeah. Are you in? Are you in debt right now? I'm guessing. He's not. Probably, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, that would be the order to do it. Like we were talking with the other caller, we got to do this. Once we have a paid-for house, then we can afford the tax bill, and we have no other big financial goals in front of us other than to build wealth. Right. All of your future contributions, if your 403B offers a Roth 403B. I like that. Make your future contributions all Roth if you can. Everything you can do, Roth, now is good. But um, but you, I don't, I'm not going to create tax bills while I still got debt on your house or anything else. And I'm guessing, based on your age, that you probably still have a few of those things. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's John Deloney, co-host of The Ramsey Show. Did you know over 18 million people listen to The Ramsey Show every week? A lot of those people listen on one of our 600-plus radio stations across the country. To find a station near you, go to RamseySolutions.com slash show. 